Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Juice. What a win over the Clippers. And to celebrate it, how about we all come together and stop what we're doing and give Juice and Mo a five-star rating on Spotify or the Apple Podcast Store. Why? Because it helps our channel grow. Anyway, enjoy this episode of Night Chat featuring Morgan Reagan, Deuce Mason, and Mike Bibby. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. The podcast that you know. Welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast, recording this on a Sunday night after the Sacramento Kings go on the road and send a serious message to the LA Clippers tonight. The Kings defense was amazing. Sabonis with another triple-double, his 20th, an angry De'Aaron Fox made an appearance and the Kings beat the Clippers in LA 123-107. to They're now a season best, 10 games above 500, and get ready to come home for a matchup tomorrow night with the Miami Heat. I'm Deuce Mason. Morgan Reagan is driving back from San Francisco right now. Headed back to Sacramento with, of course, a legend, an icon in Sacramento. Mike Bibby is with her. What's up, Morgan and Mike? Hi, Deuce. We were wondering if we could change it to uh, the Mike and Mo podcast. I mean, you can, but Mike's already said he's really tired. He's probably going to fall asleep during this. So it's going to be the Mike and Mo podcast until he falls asleep, then we're back to Deuce and Mo. Fine. Deal. I, I'm cool. I could sit back and chill. Um, Morgan, in all seriousness, I know I, I, I say this probably this is probably the fifth time I've said it this year, but I have a new favorite win of the season. It's this win. This was the most complete win by the Sacramento Kings this this season, I think. I mean, this Clippers team has smacked them around, super physical with them. I know Paul George didn't play. But Sacramento matched the physicality. They pushed the pace. The defensive effort was incredible. They got a big-time win tonight. They did, but I'm also – I am surprised that you are saying this is another favorite win of the season. Actually, I'm not surprised because that is – that's just – you're very much the prisoner of the moment. Um, But at the same time, like, I'm so with you on so many levels of how fun this win was because of all the things that were happening. The intensity from Darren Fox, and then you had their offense looking good and flowing. But you know what my favorite part was, dude, was that at the end of the game, it didn't come down to, oh, oh, are they going to lose this one? Are they going to lose it? No, they didn't have to worry about it. Clippers even took out their guys. It was game over by the time there was 90 seconds left. It was an awesome performance. And, I mean, even the fact that De'Aaron Fox got to sit a huge chunk of that fourth quarter, and they were able to hang in there. He came back in, but then uh, Mike Brown was able to pull De'Aaron and Sabonis to get them some uh, extra rest at the end of the game. Hey, Mike Bibby, I appreciate you uh, chatting with us a little bit as Morgan drives you home. First of all, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I mean, I guess you don't really have a choice. You're sitting in the front seat of Morgan's car. Um, 
Hey, Mike, w- what jumped out to you tonight? What 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 do you think of how the Kings played? Uh, their defense jumped out at me. You know, I mean, they Kawhi and Harden were seeing two or three guys at every time. And I was telling Morgan today, you very rarely see them pick up their dribble when they get trapped or double teamed, and they were picking up the ball every time. Just so their energy on defense. I mean, it's probably the best game I've seen defensively from them. I completely agree. I the 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 thing that changed Morgan to me was after De'Aaron got that technical. He was, they were playing physical all night long and they were playing competitive, but De'Aaron was hot after Harden got that call and De'Aaron just turned it on to another level. I I think we've talked about De'Aaron's defense a lot this season, but man, you just see his all defensive potential. Harden is a physical dude. He is strong, and you saw him trying to bang Fox around a little bit, and Fox was relentless. Well, that guy, I love. He, not only was he relentless, he didn't get pumped either. Like, he, he made sure that he was going to match the intensity or the toughness yeah. and not let the officials take him out of it. You know, like, sure, he got that technical, and then he was like, okay, well, how can I channel this energy into something even better? And, and what he did was just play harder defense. He played discipline harder defense because I think sometimes it's easy to just get pissed off and then channel that energy into being more handsy and not, like, staying under control. And instead, Aaron stayed under control and refs weren't allowing him to be physical. And it just it, it just helped the entire team do with this whole different energy when angry angry Fox came out. So he picks up the technical after he fouled hard. It was 94-89 in the fourth quarter. Fox responds with a mid-range jumper. Then he's just hounding James Harden, deflects the ball off of Harden out of bounds, comes down, scores. Then he's all over Harden again. Keegan comes over to trap, and they force a jump ball. I was like, oh, dude, it got me so fired up. And you could tell De'Aaron was fired up. I... I love how this team has come out since the All-Star break. I know it's two games. That Spurs game was a grinded-out game a little bit. But they're playing physical. They're playing hard right now. Yeah, I I feel like the way that they are coming out after our, I guess, post-All-Star break is, is, I mean, I guess if you look at last year, though, dude, it, it felt like something changed around that time as well. And I don't know if it was... Um, just having some time to reset and recover or whatever it was. But you're, you're feel, I feel like these guys truly understand this Western Conference and that every game really matters. So, I mean, obviously every game matters, but, like, I'm talking, like, there's no beginning of the season, like, you can lose to the Houston Rockets on a game. Like, you got to make sure not only are you winning these games, but – you got to be winning them the right way because that's the only way that you're going to grow better as an entire team, too. Mike, when you played in Sacramento on those really good Kings teams, you didn't have a whole bunch of lockdown defensive players. Of course, Doug Christie was on the all-defensive team, but you guys played some really good team defense. What's the key to having a good team defense, even if you don't have a whole bunch of great individual defenders? Just trusting each other. You know, just if I if I move this, everybody be on a string, and just knowing that if I go somewhere and go help my teammates, that my other teammate will have their my back as well. Yeah, and I, it's definitely inconsistent from Sacramento this year, but when they're locked in, it looks really good. And you hope a game like this could help them realize it because the Clippers, even without Paul George, 
they got a big physical team. They've got guys that can get buckets. They've got guys who have been multi-time All-Stars. So to see them that locked in was great. I thought Fox was special. And then De'Aaron finished with 33 points. He had seven assists, six rebounds, 12 of 22 shooting. He also made nine of 10 at the free throw line, Morgan. Uh, what jumped out to you about De'Aaron's offensive game? I love him making his free throws. But I also felt like like Mike and I were talking about this a lot on the post game. It was just like his defense helped his confidence on the offensive end. And he was attacking, attacking. Just wait, how many threes did he shoot tonight? He took four threes. He did not make one. Okay, okay. Good job, Mike. Um, okay, so he was 0 for 4. And you know what? Perfect. Perfect amount. I mean, sure, I'd rather have him make those threes, but like he didn't force a whole bunch of threes. He stayed engaged and understood what he needed to do and what he needed to do for his team. And that was attack the basket. He kept attacking. They couldn't slow him down. And I felt like with him attacking, it kept helping like someone like even Kevin Herter to attack a little bit more. Malik was attacking a little bit more. There just wasn't a lot of settling going on there wasn't like oh hey we're gonna live or die by the three tonight and i think that helped them also not be things not be too deflating oh and really quick too before i forget even though i know we're going to talk about the bonus um mike was asking the bonus after the game about his offensive rebounds you know like was it a point of emphasis like why you had seven offensive rebounds out of your 15 and the bonus started laughing and said, no, I just kept missing a whole bunch of easy ones. <laughs> Dude, he missed some really easy ones tonight around the basket. And honestly, coming into that, he has not played well against Zubots in the past. And against the Clippers this year, he has not put up really good numbers. In fact, if you go back to that November game against the Clippers, he had 11 points, five rebounds, three assists on three of 12 shooting. That's a weird, I mean... That's insane, right? And then they played again in uh, December. He had 15, 10, and three assists. Wait, and didn't, but didn't he, like, I mean, even tonight, though, him, didn't he have his double-double by the half, right? Yeah, he had his triple-double. He got off to a terrible start. He was 2 of 10 missing around the basket, but I didn't care because I liked how he was playing. Like, he wasn't playing soft. He missed some gimmies around the basket, whatever. But he was playing well defensively. He was getting rebounds. He ends up with his 20th triple-double, his 39th straight double-double. So, yeah, he started 2 of 10 and then made 5 of his last 7 shots. So, so. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. He was – He was some. I mean, him, De'Aaron, they both were just something else tonight. And I felt like – I know – I feel like there's a lot of games we can talk about them and setting the tone and what that does for others but truly I, I feel I just feel this this different type of energy post all-star break and maybe it's one of those things too like they they feel a little angry not angry about all-star but they feel a little bit more motivated after being snuck. I mean they've won three in a row now going back to the Phoenix game that they lost I feel like the last four games they played some pretty good basketball and they look more yeah. like the team of last year. Fox, going back to him for a second, 33 points for him. He had 22 points in the paint. I mean, he got it going in the mid-range. It seems like that's been a point of emphasis for him, too. Like, he's still going to take three. He's going to have games where he, not, he, he you know, takes eight threes in a game. That's just what he's going to do. But I appreciate the fact that 
he is finding ways to attack in the mid-range and then set up his teammates the last four games averaging 32 points a game. He had some beautiful passes tonight too. I love the fact that when he attacks the paint, he's such a threat. And he had a beautiful dish to Sabonis for a score. I I just like when he's killing it at all three levels. Yeah, he seems super focused right now. And it just uh, – and not to say he didn't before. Because I think sometimes, too, when you think about a player like this and his body and everything, like, he – a lot of his game depends on how his body feels because he's so explosive. Because the way he can control his body when he jumps up in the air. And I think also having that rest on his body – and resetting that and recovering is also something that was huge for him for All-Star break. Mike, I know you were a, a guy that loved the big moments. You loved hitting big shots in the fourth quarter. De'Aaron kind of has that same identity. Is it take a different? Do you approach a fourth quarter differently, or is it just part of the flow of the game? Part of the flow of the game. I mean, I worked, I worked so hard on my game, I expected – good to come out of everything I was doing just because I worked so hard. So, um, like, you can, there's only two things you can do if you shoot it, right? Miss or make it. So I figured it's a 50% chance. And, I mean, I worked so hard, I think it's going to turn out good most of the time. And it did turn out good most of the time. It did. It did. <laughs> what, what, what has jumped out to you about De'Aaron's game this year, Mike? I just, I, I was telling Morgan today that if he comes out and plays like his MVP run that he had at the beginning of the season, it's going to push them all away. And so he played tonight like he was like he was playing back then. And I, so I think if he keeps playing like that, it's going to take him a long way. Yeah, he played. Just he looks like like nights on like tonight. He looks like a legit two way stud. Like I go, he, this is, you play defense and he's strung it together. It's not, you know, steals can be an overrated stat for defense. We know that, but I I think his on ball pressure tonight, James Harden has a size advantage on him. Kawhi Leonard has a size advantage on him. And so for him to be able to stay in front of these guys, take the blows to the chest. He did a great job, not reaching, trying to time out his steals the right way. He had three steals in this game. I can't, I, he must have had five or six deflections too. He was everywhere yep. defensively, and I, his energy. I know we always talk about Sabonis being like the anchor. That's something Malik Monk said after last game. But man, when Fox is locked in and he's vocal out there, like he's chirping, he's fired up, he's talking to the crowd, he's talking to players and the officials. His game is elevated. Some guys can get distracted by that stuff, and it takes him out of the game. I feel like this puts him in the game. Dude, like, I even asked, I, I was asking Mike in the post game about playing against L.A. And, like, hey, last year against the Clippers on their floor in that double overtime game, it was, you know, wild. And then tonight, you just saw a different type of energy. And I asked Mike, like, what is it about it? And he said sometimes there's something different when you're playing around the celebs and you have all those other guys that you're playing in front of. And it just it feels a little extra special. And, I mean, whether whether they played up because of something as simple as that, I would if I'm Mike Brown, I'm looking at that game and I'm like, do this all the time, do this. Yeah, and I, I wonder how much of it too. Like the game was on ESPN as well, national TV. I, Mike said that too. 
you, you do, I mean, you know this stuff, right? Like you, you feel it a little bit. And for the Kings, it's good. Send a message a little bit. So Sports Center is coming on after the game. They're forced to talk about what you just did. You know what I mean? And it's like front and well, center. You say that. You say that, but I've seen it happen before, where they like yeah. they don't talk about it right after, and they just go, they just go over it, talk about the other team, and go, "What happened with the Clippers? Nothing good about the Kings." <laughs> And I know the Clippers were shorthanded tonight. So, I mean, you have to acknowledge that Paul George didn't play. But we've seen the Kings play shorthanded teams and get blown out. And, I don't know, I just like the fact that the Kings got a lead. The Clippers went on the run, and the Kings didn't panic. And in the second half, I thought they played just fantastic basketball. Like, their bench finally started to get going. Malik got it going in the second half. Davion hit a big three. You know, Sabonis created that second chance opportunity. They don't even come over to guard Davion Mitchell. And that was like a dagger three by him. So it was good to see the bench step up in some key moments, let Fox get some extra rest. It was just an awesome win. It was a fantastic win for the Kings, who are now on the season 33-23. and And with the win, Morgan, they have jumped to the fifth spot. (gasps) The fifth spot? Yes. I said, Mike, Mike did say that before okay. the game. So close. One game could put you right back in the spot. Hey, Mike, someone in the chat was wondering, you've been on a lot of different teams, but teams go on runs. You may have be up 20, and the teams can get back into it, especially in today's game with a three-point shot. What's the message? Like, when you're a veteran team, what's the message when a team's going on a run and, and cutting it to, like, five? Calm down, take your time, don't be in a rush. Basketball is a game of numbers. That's all it is. Because, like, if you can shoot zero for 10 and make the next 10 shots, you can 50%. So, basketball is a game of numbers, and you got you to treat it that way. I feel like Malik Monk has that level of confidence, too. He was not making any shots at all in that first half, fourth quarter. Hit some big-time shots for Sacramento. Yeah, the floaters that like, but, and that's the thing, just like Mike was saying, like he stays calm. He stays, he stays confident in himself, but that I, I was, I, I think I even said this to Mike earlier of how his game has matured and how he's matured over time where there's just so much more discipline and, and less uh, chaos to the, his style and especially understanding his role and the importance of it. It's really, I mean, it's really special and it's really special when he can come up big, especially there in the fourth with having a big three or a big floater or a jump shot mid-range, wherever. It's just, uh, especially, especially when the bench isn't producing, he was the one that needed to produce off the bench. Another thing we're going to be watching is how many threes are the Kings allowing each game? The Spurs did shoot over 40% on them, but they hit 11 threes. So that number you can live with. 11 made threes, okay, you can live with that. The Clippers take, they, they make about 13 threes per game on average this season. They take about 33. Tonight, they were 8 of 27. I do feel like the Kings are, I know it's a point of emphasis for them, I feel like they're doing a much better job at running guys off the line, put more pressure on them, and making the shots a little more challenging. You know, I, I another thing I, I said, I forget if we talked about this on air or off air, Mike, but we were, I was asking about, like, a lot of these teams and, you know, Uh-oh. these teams that shoot so well. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Uh, and I was talking about how some of these teams can, you know, this new NBA team shooting so well from three-point land. And he started going, well, when I was playing, think about it, they weren't taking as many threes. So with, with a good three-point shooter, you're running them off the line. There wasn't so many different ways to just like make sure you're studying and closing out the, the chopping your feet or you're running on the or running this guy off the line or whatever it's like there's so many different diverse and or i guess versatile players nowadays and they're shooting so many different threes that it's just such a different way that you have to defend in this day and age god if mike played in today's game he would have been la- he would have been launching like 17 threes oh. a game but you got. I was a mid-range shooter. I came in the mid-range. I was more of the mid-range, like sure. Rod Strickland, Sam Cassell, Terrell Brandon. Uh, you got all these guys that were shooting mid-range threes. I didn't even think I shot that many threes, to tell you the truth. Wow. No, that's true. You probably didn't shoot many. I feel like you maybe you did toward the end. I, I remember the game uh, against the Suns. It was an ABC game, and I think you ha- at the time had, like, the Kings record for threes in a game. Yeah, I think it was nine. Yeah, yeah. Can we just know one thing that is weird that you know this, dude? <laughs> how, how old Bro, were you? Dude, I was obsessed with Mike Bibby when I was a kid. Like, I remember, <laughs> I remember, like, when I was 13, going to Arden Mall, there was some uh, Nike event or Jordan event, and he was there on stage, and I just went trying to get his autograph. I didn't get his autograph, but I was like, oh, my God, I get, a, I get to see Mike Bibby? That's funny. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, you are. <laughs> My, hey, you also had one of the best cel- big game shot celebrations too. The big ball th- dance you did. I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> I just I did it one time. And I was like, you know, I'm just gonna. I, was, I don't really know what I was doing. <laughs> I, just, I just did. It. I don't know. Hey, what you? Know where it came from. What what do you guys think tonight when Sabonis had that nasty ass jam on Zubots, and then you saw Mason Jones got the technical for coming on the floor? We were well, we were pissed about the Mason Jones getting the technical. And before we get to the the celebration yeah. part, first, I mean, I I did my my poor Mike. Mike gets to see the weirdest side of me. Like just just side note, dude. Like. He gets to see me, like, cheer really loud, like, when I like something or get really pissed off. But let me just say, like, when I came in to the studios today, it took me three hours to get there because of San Francisco traffic. And so I'm running late on my pregame, and Mike comes in, and I'm not my chipper self. I'm, like, having a mental breakdown. And then we get into the show, and I look at Mike, and I go, I'm relying on you today. Ooh. And he's just Ooh. like, well, uh, can you can you just figure it out? Can you get can you come back here, Morgan? And he's such a, he's such a good teammate, and he just he helped me through it. He was so good, and I just I got to give love to him really quick because he deals with all of my shit, and I'm just so glad I have a teammate like Mike Bibby. I didn't think we we're going to make it today. <laughs> it was that bad. Oh yeah, she was getting me nervous. I was like, don't. Don't do that. <laughs> it was rough in there. He did. He literally was just like, "No, no, you got, you got to fight through, Mo. You got to fight through." <laughs> so, Mike, Mike, do you feel like you're getting less nervous when you go on TV now? Do you feel like each time you're getting more, like better and more comfortable? I mean, I don't think I've. It's never been nervous. It's just I've never really done it before. 
so it's like it was kind of new to me. Yeah. But uh, like at first, like when I like having the papers and see what we're going to talk about and stuff like that, that makes it a lot easier. Like working with you guys helps a lot because uh, it just makes it so much easier, and we know what we're going to do. And it just, I mean, it's just really talking basketball. You know, what I mean, like it's not really. Everybody wants a lot of different things to be talked about, but there's, there's only certain things that basketball that you could do. That's true. No, I, I, we, yeah, we, we like to cover like 8,000 angles, but sometimes it's, it, it's a little, it's a little more simple than that. Um, yeah, the game's simple. yeah. So where do you think they, my, your perspective watching this team, cause we're so wrapped up in it, like emotionally, like you obviously care about the Kings, but you're not like psycho about them. Like me, like I, I, when they lose, I, I feel like I do. And when they win, I feel great. Um, as you look at where this team stands at 33 and 23, how do you view them in the West? I think they have a good chance. You know, people look at me like I'm crazy sometimes. I might be a little bit biased. But, like, I mean, if you, if you, like, if you see them start playing a certain way and know what they're capable of, then you put the confidence in them and watching them and knowing what they can do. Like, if they play tonight, there's a real good chance they can go far in the playoffs. But they have also showed that bad times where they might not even get in. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but, but you know, I, a lot of these people don't watch them as much as we watch them and know what they're capable of. You played with really talented passing bigs from Vlade to C. Webb, Brad Miller. What do you think when you watch someone like Domas Sabonis? He's got the same gene that they got. Make your teammates better. It's, and it, it's like a – you don't have to be a, a traditional point guard here. You know what I mean? You could, you, like I said, I, like playing in Vancouver, that was a tr- traditional point guard. I brought the ball up. I threw it into the post and, you know, called the plays. When I came here, I didn't have to do that. And it was different for me. It was like getting to play real basketball again coming here. I think Sabonis has, he has that same kind of vibe that they have. And he sets awesome screens. You would love that as a guard. I love it. A lot of guys don't see screens nowadays. It's always, it's touch and go they try to teach these guys now. So, touch them, get out of the way, just try to, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. They call it touch and go, I think. Coach Big, I learned that because I'm, I'm old school. So I'm, I'm like, I like it. slip it, slip it. Yeah, it's touch and go, Mike. Okay, touch and go. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. I was just, I felt bad because I, I, I started uh, talking about the Sabonis dunk moment, and then I went back on it. So really quick, going back to that dunk by Sabonis, Harrison Barnes. Uh, made that little bounce pass to Sabonis, and and then Sabonis just was a madman, threw it down. Mm. The bench going crazy. I love the emotion, but I guess Mason Jones did he just come too far out for the officiating crew? Like what? what like why yeah, do they care? Morgan, he was like in the paint. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And I loved it. Hey, let's also note this, Morgan, Sad the Night nominee. The Kings are the Kings are three and zero with Mason Jones on the bench, and people can make fun yeah. of me talking about his vibes, but 
Mike remembers a guy who brought vibes to a bench. Mateen Cleaves, he brought a little energy to a bench. He didn't play. Yeah, you, right. could, you could bring that energy. Great energy yeah, that, that's what you need. You need guys that bump you up. Things ain't going great. Even if they are going great, just to push you a little bit more. I see that from him. He, he was standing up the whole game. Okay, so as a player, because I, I'm watching the game, and I noticed that stuff, yeah. but as a player, you, you, you can feed off that energy from someone off the bench? Sure, for sure. I mean, just you need guys to do it because a lot of the guys you, you're not going to see Fox or Sabonis doing that, right? No. So you guys, you got to have somebody on your bench that's going to bring that energy, timeouts, talk a little bit, toot your, toot your horn for you a little bit. You need guys like that. It's a role. It's a job. It's like, and it, that's the thing too, Juice. I feel like, like I mean, going off of a professional basketball player just talking about this, but it truly takes a lot of energy being in that role as a player because you're working your ass off at practice and then you're still not seeing the floor. You're still not seeing minutes. You know, obviously, Mason, like, you know that's what's going to happen. But, like, it still takes a different type of mentality to be able to just be like, okay, this is my role and I'm going to I'm going to execute in this role, being this, if you want to call it someone that's a cheerleader or whatever, it doesn't matter because it does actually contribute and make an impact for a team. He might keep a job just because of that reason. Wow. I said the same thing because you bring, you, <laughs> no, it's true because you know what? He, he's been a guy that's had two-way contracts in the league with other teams. He's been around. He could go play in the G League and go put up numbers, but you, when you're getting called up, you're not going to be coming into the game to go play your normal game. Like, you're, you're not going to go be chucking shots. You need to come in and try to fit into this team and bring... What are you going to bring if you don't play? You have to bring something to the table. Encouragement, energy. And then when you go out there, you go out there and you just play hard. That's how you, you could find a spot in this league. He's still a young guy, too. And I think he's made a good impression on this coaching staff. He got my attention tonight. See? Simo, I'm not crazy. I never, dude. I'm the one that like you. And it, yeah, it's just it's it's very interesting when we make that type of observation, and others think it's such like a it's such a homer thing. But here's here's how I see it: we cover this team, and we we watch it every you know every other night, and then when you do notice these details, like. All these details, all those small things really can make an impact on a a culture. It can make an impact on a game, a type of energy, all those different things. So, yeah, no, I'm really – I love his excitement. And, look, it made an impact tonight after a dunk, and it got a technical. But didn't Kawhi Leonard miss that technical, or did he miss – Yeah, he did. No, I think he missed that one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Um, also shout out to everyone watching us live right now, late on a Sunday night, hit the thumbs up, make sure you're subscribed. All it does is just help this channel grow. So more and more people around the world see what we're doing. So hit the damn thumbs up. Let's go. Today's episode is sponsored by nerd wallet, smart money podcast, nerd wallets, trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances 
together because we run a small business together. There's all these different papers. There's all these different forms. What do you do? You listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Yeah, because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business. How about for some time off after an NBA season even? That sounds amazing. So you know what you need to do? Listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Morgan, um, I, I want to get your perspective on the defense for a second because Mike had mentioned a little bit with Kawhi and, and James Harden. Harden on the night had 20 points, but he was 4 of 13, 2 of 10 from 3. He didn't make all, he was 10 of 10 at the free throw line because he was getting every call on the planet. And then uh, Kawhi was 7 of 18, 0 for 3 from downtown, 6 of 7 from the free throw line. He had 20 points. What, what stood out to you about like the Kings? defense and, and how they were engaged tonight well they were getting up in guys right like they were actually putting the pressure on and when you're putting that pressure on there's so much more resistance there and then on top of the resistance though that it, their their presence was being felt so even if Kawhi was making this tough shot with his length over Keegan Murray or over whoever it was in the paint, it, it they made them work twice as hard to even get to that point. And when you're making them work that hard just to get that shot off, you're going to be tiring them out throughout the game, even if they are in shape, even if they, you know, are used to this type of pressure, it's still going to wear them out a little bit. And I think the Kings did a good job of wearing out the Clippers from the beginning, right from the start. Like, like I think the Kings, I'm curious how they're going to play tomorrow because it felt like a lot of energy was given tonight. You know what? They got to just bring it every night, though. They're, you just have to. And it's gonna. We're, we'll get to the Miami game in a second for sure because Miami's going to be really shorthanded. No Jimmy Butler, no Jovich, no Thomas Bryant. And then, of course, uh, Rozier and Tyler Hero are questionable. So they can be shorthanded. But, yeah, I just thought... The communication looked great. You're you're talking about the physicality, but even if there were situations where they had the help, the weak side help was there. You know, like it, the rotations were just perfect in this game. You know, and it's interesting too because even at the half, Mike and I were talking about how we wanted the rotations. There was there were some they were on point communicating all the things. There's a few shots being made by the Clippers on the offensive end where we're like, look, can you even perfect it more where you're just a step earlier or in the right spot just a second earlier? For example, 
in that second half especially, you saw a lot of times when they would, the ball would be moving by the Clippers and it would be swung all the way to the other corner. They would fake a pass and then get it to Zubat who would be wide open yeah, because yeah. the entire defense would be shifting over. So a few times when that would happen and that breakdown would happen, it was like the bonus was turning out to the corner and it was supposed to be like Kevin Herter rotating over on Zubat. That was the only times where I was like, ooh, these are the moments that can be super deflating. And they didn't allow those moments to be deflating. Uh, some numbers I want to go over, Morgan. Kings end up shooting just under. Yeah. Dude, really quick, I have to tell Mike one thing. Oh. Mike, do, do you see the beam? Oh, here. Do you kind of see it? It's, I, we're, we're still far away. Or we're, we're, up, we're on the causeway, dude. We're okay. about 10, 10 minutes away or seven minutes away from the hotel ish. But you can kind of, if you look up, Mike, you can see the purple beam. Yeah, you, it's like a light that's kind of like in the air, but it's not. Do you see it? It's not super. Yeah, right. It will be brighter when we get closer. Yeah, more, Morgan, Mike, Mike's got kind of his eyes are kind of old now. He's aging, so it's. Oh, it's you, <laughs> don't talk about my teammate like that. 2015, yeah. Do you hear that? 2015. 2015. Sit down, stupid. My, <laughs> well, I can't wait for you to actually see the beam. Uh, I can't believe you haven't seen it yet. Um, so the Kings shoot just under 50% tonight. They were 15 of 37 from three, 40%, but they were 10 of 19 in the second half from beyond the arc. They were 18 of 22 at the free throw line, Morgan, 82% from the line. They out-rebounded the Clippers tonight, 41 to 39, but they also had 21 second chance points, 21 to 12 second chance points on the Clippers in this game. So that was really encouraging. Oh. Harrison Barnes, we haven't talked about him yet. 22 points for him on eight of 12. He was four of seven from three. Wow. I'm, that was someone I probably didn't give enough love in the post game show. I mean, sometimes we just go so quick, you know, whatever, yeah. but but Harrison Barnes, just a really solid performance from him. And these are the games that I like. There's gonna he's gonna have a bad game coming up, and so many people are gonna get so pissed off. But you gotta remember these times too. Like, not a player like Harrison Barnes is going to see his inconsistency. And as long as he's stepping up and having more games like this or making some sort of impact, and it, even if it's not him making the impact, someone else is stepping up. People are going to be happy. But a game like this from Harrison Barnes where he was just being super aggressive, looking for his, making his outside shots, I love what he had to add. Keegan Murray Morgan had 11 points, 8 rebounds, missed some good looks, but I thought his defense tonight was fantastic. He had that awesome block on James Harden early in the game. You mentioned Harrison Barnes, too. I want to go back to him. He won the defensive player of the game crown tonight from the coaching staff because that's the thing. I think all those guys really stepped up defensively. There have been moments where Barnes' closeouts have been just awful, but he was better tonight. I thought they played really engaged defense. Like Mike was saying, what they were doing against Kawhi and James Harden was really good. I thought Kevin Herter had some really strong defensive moments, 15 points for him in 24 minutes. But yeah, I thought Keegan did some great stuff too out there. So that was good to see. Sabonis, 17 points, 15 rebounds, 12 assists. He also had three steals. Uh, Mike mentioned his seven offensive rebounds. The Kings had 14 offensive rebounds as a team. Wow. I mean, the, that's the thing, dude. The effort, like, the effort was there. And, and 
I, I think sometimes when people say the effort was there, you go, well, then was it not there the other night? No, no, no. It just, it was a locked in a different type of focused effort where it was understanding every single possession needed to be played like it was going to be their last. And that, or very important, and that is what I felt from the Kings when they were fighting for those offensive rebounds, and that's the shit that has to happen against a team like the San Antonio Spurs, or it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter yep. who it's against, it's got to happen against every type of team. No, they, 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 their play tonight fired me up, and I feel like De'Aaron, after having that stretch of games in January, and even into the start of February where he's struggling... Dude, his last four games, he's been awesome. He looks like De'Aaron Fox again. He looks like that guy that was playing at an MVP level on both sides. And it just makes such a difference when he is knocking down shots. I don't need him to score 30 every night like he is right now. But, yeah, I'll take it. He is just relentless out there. I just, I love angry De'Aaron Fox. When he got that technical and just took over after that, it was incredible. What You know, it's... You sound pretty calm right now, and I'm really stunned because this is one of your favorite games of the entire season. Did you, did you have a favorite? Like, are you just feeling? Do, you, I, sa- you, do like, I sound calm? Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm trying to scale it back because Mike's in the car, and I don't want him to be like, oh, "This guy's a. This guy's a. This guy's a fucking idiot." You know? I, oh I my god! <laughs> I see you go crazy on the set. <laughs> the set of the, the game before. Yeah. He knows the real you. Nice try, stupid. Well, it's also you know what? I, maybe it's just playoff deuce is coming out, Morgan. The seriousness because now oh, we're now we're no. la- now we're late in the season. Now I'm feeling it. I felt like tonight. I, I'm being dead serious. Tonight I was like, oh, I'm starting to really believe that this team is the team that it looks more like the team we saw last year, but better right now. And that's, we that's s- this all the time. You, you do this all the no, time, dude. No, no, that's not what I say. Morgan, I say this. I said when they look when they look good this year, they look better than last year. But I'm they're starting to string it together. We're talking about four games in a row now, where I'm like, okay, this team is competing. They're playing hard. They they're playing the right way. You know, you could play the right way, and teams are still going to battle you. You're not going to blow every team out. Like the Spurs, the Spurs right. played hard. The Kings didn't play a perfect game that night, but they closed well, and that's what good teams do. They find ways to win. The Kings closed that game on 11-2 to run, right? The Denver game, second I have a back-to-back. Dude, they had a rally back and grind out that victory and win on that final game before the break. When everyone's thinking about the break, you're playing in Denver, that elevation, second I have a back-to-back, that was a big-time win. The game against the Suns, it fell apart late. You know, they, they probably could had they had a chance to win that game. I just think they're playing great basketball. Now, the true test is coming up here, right? You got Miami coming up tomorrow, shorthanded. Then you got to go on the road for Denver and Minnesota. That's going to be a really tough stretch. But the way they played tonight, you can beat anybody. Like, it doesn't matter. You, because tonight, I agree. I, in the, yeah, just real one I thing, agree. Morgan, in the first half, Sacramento was 5 of 18 from three. And they were up at the half 58-51. Why were they up in the half? Because they were playing their asses off. They were fighting and getting second chance opportunities, getting the offensive rebounds, playing defense. You play engaged defense, even if you're not the uh, littered with all defensive talent everywhere. You play that type of defense competitively, play hard, play physical. You're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, no, it's true. And that, and like, I mean, you look, we we compared the numbers of of both teams at the end of this game, and 
we were just like, holy shit, like a lot of the same, you know. And I think that the Clippers weren't shooting their best game from three, but a lot of the same stuff. And it and it was like, but the Kings were the team to find a way to pull out the W. And Deuce, say goodbye to your childhood hero because we are pulling up Wait, time to out. the hotel. Time out, time out, time out. Did, did he see what? the beam yet up close? Yeah. Yeah. What do you we think? He, no, wait, have you ever seen it up close? Yeah, I thought yeah, it was close. Yeah, dude, he's seen it. I was just oh. telling him he could see it from the pathway. I thought this was his first, he was the first time he's oh, seen it. Oh, nice job. You can oh, get, yeah. get out of here. All right, Mike. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for having <laughs> right. No problem, Mike. We'll Thank see you tomorrow, gonna, Mike. Dude, I'm going to let him take out his stuff right now, so just. Keep, you oh, can yeah. keep talking to that, that's chat fine. and stuff. Well, while you do that, I'm going to tell you that tonight's podcast presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Hey, if you need windows on your house, there's no better place to go than the experts at Northwest Exteriors. They have showroom at Rancho Cordova. You need new windows on your house. If you got these old windows, you, you know when that wind came and your windows are clanking around or it's cold in your house. New windows are a game changer. You're going to save money on your energy bill. Your house is going to look better, and you're going to feel safer. Get some dual-pane windows from the experts over at Northwest Exteriors, and right now, Northwest Exteriors will pay your sales tax, plus zero interest for up to 12 months on credit approval. That offer expires in April. So go to their website, trustnorthwest.com, or call them at one 888 W because they're simply the best. Trust Northwest. Kings beat the Clippers. Sabonis triple double. Hi, Morgan. You hear that? How did I do? <laughs> yeah, I was, that was actually really good. Oh my! And I love everything that's going on too. All right, um, dude, you you got back a little faster. I mean, you know, Mike Mike told me it was appropriate to to drive the way I would drive, even if he wasn't in the car. <laughs> I don't. That's that doesn't sound good. Uh, Morgan Reagan, no. what was your Sharif yeah. Jewelers moment of the night? Oh, you know, in some ways, in some ways, I'm like, oh, dear and Fox, like the getting up into James Harden, you know, ju- diving on him for the jump ball. Like, it's that. But I feel like in other ways, it's just got to be the bonus jam. Like, that was that was. Wow. <sighs> I, I think both of those moments have to be on it, Morgan, to be honest, because I thought. Okay. It was kind of a, you know, the Clippers are making a push and Fox fouls Harden going to the line. You're like, God, they're really cutting into the lead now. Like this could be danger time for the Sacramento Kings. And for Fox to pick up a technical and then turn it on. I swear to God, I'm watching the game and I'm going, oh, this is, he's going to turn it on now. De'Aaron has these moments in games where something pisses him off, a call or someone's jawing at him, and the switch goes to another level. Angry Fox is probably one of my favorite players in the league. But you know what's my favorite thing about it? I think he has learned to seriously channel it in the right, in this very positive direction where it, it makes it makes a very positive impact, right? Where Where before there'd be a chance where it takes him out of his game and wherever. And even Sabonis, there was a lot of that that happened last year too, you know, where he'd get frustrated, not getting the calls, whatever. And so I'm so curious what they, what was the shift for them to take even that part of their game to a whole nother level? 
I think they understand what's at stake, Morgan. I, I do. I think they understand that this is a fragile part of the season. The West is better than it's been in a long, long time. From 1 to 10. All those teams are yeah. above 500. And you don't want to be in a play-in. Even if it gives you a chance and you've seen what like the Miami Heat did in the play-in. They were able to win. You know, They lost and they won the last one. Got into the playoffs and made it to the NBA Finals. But no one wants to go that route. You don't want to get in the play yeah. and face the Golden State Warriors. One game. Any, it doesn't matter who you play. You could be playing any team. You could be somehow playing the Utah Jazz. One game is just uncomfortable. Win or go home, right? So yep. you have to capitalize on this. And after this stretch of games, right, they're on the road tonight. And then they this later this week, they've got Denver and Minnesota. After those games, they only have eight road games the rest of the season. So this is an amazing opportunity for the Kings here where you got a lot of home games. The tough part's done. Pre-All-Star break, when you're all banged up, Fox's shoulders bogging him, everyone's got bruises, they're nicked up, they need a day, you play 15 of 19 at home, then you got the break. (sighs) Rest up, be ready to go. It's interesting, last year after the break, they beat Portland, right? Then yeah. they went on the road and beat the Clippers in that double overtime game. That was 366 days ago when they won 176 to 175. Classic game. Well, first game after the break this year, they beat the Spurs, and then they go on the road and beat the Clippers. I don't know, man. Uh, and I felt like last year that was a turning point. That's when the Kings turned it on big time. Let's have some perspective with how much of a roller coaster ride this season has been for the Kings at times. They matched their best record of the year, a season-high 10 games above 500. So with the West think- with the West being this good, with all the things that have happened this year, look at where they are. Yeah, and I, and I think sometimes, too, that's, that's what it is. We go, with everything that's happened this year, it's like when you're playing better basketball teams, things are going to be different. You know, like yeah. even if you're supposed to get better, it's not like, I mean, when you look at the construction of this, team and there's not a whole lot of change and even when there was some change it's like okay your pieces that you made changes with aren't panning out to be these big impactful pieces they still managed to uh make some sort of change you know i think about like sasha or debel mcgee but but truly you look at them in what the team can control and their individual efforts and you go, Sabonis has taken the leap. Uh, De'Aaron has taken the leap. Uh, Malik has taken the leap. Keegan's been that very much, you know, up and down, but you can tell he's taken a leap in his game. He can't even find consistency in it, even if it's not in the middle of year two. Can he find it at the end of year two? So it's like, I don't know. There's just, yeah, there's so many different things with the squad, and I'm so excited that they are where they are and am i just saying that because a prisoner of the moment is after a really good win no No, i i have like i have felt this way for a little bit now and i think still we can identify them as or define them as inconsistent until they start playing just like this dude even if this doesn't always translate into w's for the, the the last 26 games but if they can continue to play like this and maybe maybe someone doesn't have their best game but the whole team plays like this, I, I'm going to be happy. I, I'm excited. 
And they have a new opportunity again coming up uh, tomorrow against Miami. Uh, so our moment of the game, we kind of went off on a tangent there. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going yeah, to put three moments down. I'm going to put the Sabonis jam on Zubots. Dude, Sabonis okay. is dunking on people left and right right now. I mean, he had the one last game against Zach Collins, tonight against Zubots, who's been a pain in the ass for him at times. That was nasty. It was loud. The next one, I'm just going to say the Fox Tech and then Angry Fox. And then the last one I'm going to mention, Morgan, those Kings fans who traveled from Sacramento to L.A., and there was a lot of them at the game tonight. You heard that. Dude, the light the beam chance tonight? So cool. That was so loud. It was, like, legitimately so loud. loud. Not like, oh, you can kind of hear him. Uh, is that light the beam chance? I think. No, it was, like, clear as day. Light the beam. Yeah. Loud. I was like, are we in Sacramento? I'm, I'm so confused. That was amazing. It was, that was super fun. And again, I know, like, obviously, too, like, for a lot of people that were probably watching it on ESPN, it's just great that they got to experience some of those things. Yes, big time stuff. Uh, I did not watch any of the ESPN broadcasts, obviously. NBC Sports California for me. Um, Thank you. But a lot of people complaining about Bob Myers tonight. A lot of people complaining about Bob. Not giving the Kings a lot of love. Not really giving them any shine. Yeah, yeah. So I I have to go back and listen. But uh, he didn't. Yeah, it sounds like he was not really given the shine for Sacramento. Um, also, I don't know if we gave, did we give Malik Monk enough love tonight? 12 points? Yeah, five we assists? did. Yes, we did. Okay. Good, good. Yeah, 100% we did. All right. So, so we got the moment of the game. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I just love that we had, uh, that we had Mike on and then we were just like asking him a whole bunch of other questions. And poor guy, like, he definitely wanted to sleep, and he just, like, stayed up for us. Ugh. Oh, God. He, he had to stay up an extra 45 minutes to talk basketball. Deal with it. He's going to ride home. Now he can go to sleep. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Morgan, the so we have the moments of the game. Who's your uh-huh. rock and soul player of the game? Ooh, rock and soul player of the game. Here are some um, candidates. Harrison Barnes with 22. Sabonis with 17, 15, and 12. His 20th triple-double of the year. De'Aaron Fox, 33 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, and 3 steals. You know, I'm going to give it to De'Aaron because I think he did set the tone defensively. And he pushed the pace. That was the other thing I loved tonight. Uh, yeah, our rock and soul player of the game tonight goes to Angry Fox. 33 points, seven assists, six rebounds, three steals. I just mentioned those numbers, but also he is 12 of 22 shooting. Nine of 10 at the free throw line. 90% at the line. There he is. There's Deuce Mason. Oh, no, no. This guy, the guy I watched tonight, that guy is one of the best players in the NBA. Mm, I love it. He is. He is. He's back. Last four games, 32 points a game for Fox. He's been money on both sides of the ball. I love it. Now they got to do it again tomorrow night. A quick turnaround. Second, I have a back-to-back against the Miami Heat. A couple of their guys suspended, including Jimmy Butler, uh, uh, Thomas Bryant, Jovic is out. Also, Tyler Hero, Terry Rozier, questionable. 
Josh Richardson, who had a big game against the Kings in the last matchup, is going to be out of the game. Miami has won seven of nine since that seven-game losing streak that they were on. Now, we know Miami's going to be shorthanded, but we also know it's Miami, and they have random guys that can hurt you. They still have Bam Adebayo. Jaime Hawkins has been really good for them. But if yeah. you're the Kings, just just lock in, man. You're at home. I, I need the home games. And when you're taking on undermanned teams, I know it's the second I have a back-to-back. It's tough. But my message to this team would be this. Hey, remember the second I have a back-to-back after you lost in Phoenix and you had to fly into Denver and take that long-ass drive? If anyone's been to Denver, you know this. The airport's like 45 minutes away. takes forever. Then you got to check in. Then you had to play at elevation the night before the All-Star break. You beat the Nuggets. So coming back from L.A. to Sacramento, the team's probably already landed. Like, get ready, get to sleep, and be ready to beat the Miami Heat tomorrow. Do you think they got back to Sacramento faster than I did? No, I'm probably exaggerating, but I mean, they're they'll probably land in <laughs> soon. I mean, they, it might be. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Honestly, though, no, you're dude. Honestly, though, you're right. You are absolutely right about that. And it's like, I get it. There's a lot of effort that was given tonight with your bodies and everything, but also you had what two days off from your last game against the Spurs. And it's and you're coming off the all star break and everything. You just you gotta push through these moments and really just make sure that you are getting things done from the start. These wins are gonna be huge and so important here down the stretch. Yep, no doubt about it. And I did want to end with a couple of bites. Um, and this is part of my final thoughts, Morgan. We raved about yeah. De'Aaron Fox. Uh, there's been so much talk about Demonis Bonus and how awesome he has been this year. De'Aaron was talking about him at length after the game against San Antonio. But tonight, Sabonis was talking to you and Mike Bibby and had this to say about Fox. Everybody came out and uh, played aggressive. Coach wanted uh, to us to be aggressive, but it all started with Fox. You know, it was a Fox show tonight. Uh, everyone saw offense, defense. He, he, he did everything. He basically won the game. And that's not all. Um, Harrison Barnes said this was one of the best defensive performances he's ever seen out of De'Aaron. I thought a big thing for us tonight was just uh, our pace and our physicality. You know, we talked about that um, during this last stretch. You know, we feel like if we play our style of basketball, we're being a lot of these games. So I thought we started off the game the right way. I thought Fox had the tone defensively for us. Um, you know, my six years, probably one of his one of his best defensive games all around um, that I've seen him play. And I think that everyone just fed off that. This is so true, Morgan. They did feed off of it. My final thought is this. I was concerned about this game. And obviously, Paul George not playing. You have to take that into account when talking about this game. But I was concerned because the Kings got punked by the Clippers this year. It, it They didn't look like they were in the same league. And they were more physical. They could switch everything defensively. And the Kings looked like they had no answer. They didn't belong in the same tier as the Clippers. Tonight, they made sure to be the team that was going to push and play fast against this older team. They got some old guys. Hell, they played P.J. Tucker, who Fox cooked in P.J.'s five minutes of work out there. They've got older legs. You could tire these guys out. But the other thing they did was they matched the physicality. They got offensive rebounds. You mentioned what they did defensively, getting in the guys. The Kings showed me something tonight. Now they have to do it consistently. But they got punked against L.A., 
before, and tonight they punched back. Big time shit from the Kings. Yeah. No, I'm I'm so with you on that. Like it was just huh, it it's very interesting to see that three hundred and sixty six days ago was that double overtime win over the Clippers and that energy that you saw from Monk and Fox and that post game presser like, We're here. We're here. Worry about us. Like, um, I don't give an F about what they say. What, whatever. It was just like this different type of genuine, authentic confidence beaming from these guys. And I felt like tonight they had that confidence beaming from the way that they were playing on the floor. They didn't have to say shit. It was just being played. It was coming through um, the way that they were leaving it all out there. And I just – I expect – expect them to play like this with this type of effort all the way for the rest of the season. Well, we appreciate you guys hanging out. We're doing a little quicker version of night chat tonight. Uh, think of it as load management a little bit. We have a second night of a back-to-back tomorrow, but in addition to that, my little pup Carlin, who I haven't given an update in a while, uh, he has rehab tomorrow. So it's a really busy day. Got to be locked in. We'll do a longer night chat tomorrow. A Carlin update for all those who care about my French bulldog who had emergency surgery two months ago. He's been going to rehab at UC Davis. He had no function when we first started going to rehab. No function in the back legs. You could have taken a, a hammer to his back paw. He wouldn't have flinched. Well, breaking news, the great people at UC Davis, he's got function in his right leg now. He's not walking. The left one's starting to shake. He's starting to come back. So that scary moment, Carlin's on his way back, baby, because he's a dog. Oh, wow. That was Anyway, so that's the reason we're doing a rapid. We're trying to be smart about this. So, um, yeah, we got a game tomorrow. We'll do a longer one tomorrow and hopefully take some calls, and hopefully it's after a Kings win. Yeah, no, obviously, by the way, it's always on back-to-back, but I think it's smart that no, we, it is. We, still, we, we still went for an hour, right? Yeah, yeah, it was great stuff. And Mike Bibby, yeah. dude, that's a win. I mean, yeah, come on. Like, that was fun, fun shit. It's been, and, hey, everybody, go to bed. We got we to gotta back-to-back, and we got a yeah. later night tomorrow. You guys have to be here tomorrow night, win or lose. Oh, we appreciate you guys so much, <laughs> but we gots to go. Thank you, everyone, for being here. And thanks to Mike Bibby. We'll see you all tomorrow. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.